Welcome to the Heritage Hub podcast presented by the Marion County Public Library. Here's your host, James Spragans. Welcome to the latest edition of the Heritage Hub podcast at the Marion County Public Library here in Lebanon, Kentucky. This edition is going to be a little different. Previously, we have it's been a conversation, a guest who knows something about the given topic. This time, I'm just going to talk a little bit about a local subject that's been of interest to me for many years, one that deserves attention and deserves remembering. And what I'd like to talk about today is a local figure. His name was Wallace Kelly, Wallace McElroy Kelly. His name, uh, for those who know a little bit of Lebanon history, places him at the very beginning, his lineage at the very beginning of white settlement of this area, especially the McElroys. But the Kellys were, were local figures in this town for many, many years, made an impression. Wallace Kelly was born in 1910 in this town, and he lived most of his life here. But he did travel, and he did live elsewhere. For example, well, I I should say this. Let me just go get a little more general about him. He was probably the most creative, productively creative figure in Lebanon history, although there were others like Edwin Carlisle Litzy. But Wallace Kelly had such a had so had such a talent in in many different areas not just in literature i would say maybe his that skill was eclipsed by his talent in in the visual arts and that manifests itself in many different ways he was a photographer he was a painter he was a printmaker he was a sculptor he could do oils watercolors ink resist he did a lot of different, in a lot of different areas, he could express himself in, in by my lights, on, on a very high level and was successful in so many, in so many ways. And he lived his life creating. He was, he was, he, like I said, he was born here in Lebanon and he lived, while he lived in Lebanon, he lived at his, at his family's home place, which still stands. It's up on a hill off of Walnut Street as the, as the, as the street curves up on the right, a big white house, and his family named it Halcyon Hill. And he lived there, he grew up there, and when he returned to Lebanon, he and his wife lived there with his, with his mother, and he lived there with his brother. His brother, by the way, Oliver Kelly, prominent local figure, he ran the family business, which was the Lebanon Enterprise. Their father, Oliver, also named Oliver, bought the paper and ran it, and then until his death, when his son and Wallace's older brother ran it for many years. And Wallace had a little bit of involvement in that, but not nearly as much as his brother. Wallace Kelly is mostly known for a novel that he wrote that came out in 1941, and it was called Days Are As Grass, which is a passage out of the Bible. Actually came out in 1940, and it won the very first Alfred A. Knopf Fellowship in Fiction. Knopf was his publisher. And when it came out, it got a lot of notable reviews uh, nationwide, it uh, even Variety magazine notably said that predicted that Days Are As Grass would be the literary hit of the next year. It, however, had only one printing. Something happened out in the Pacific Ocean, infamously, at a place called Pearl Harbor, that kind of shifted the the nation's and the world's attention. And things like books all of a sudden got backburnered, and unfortunately. It probably did not enjoy the success that it could have. It's an extremely good book. It is um, it just another way in which his creativity 
was manifest very successfully. And it's a very enjoyable read. You can still find them floating around in the secondhand markets online. And uh, also the local library has got at least one copy. And so I encourage you to look at that. He also, throughout his life, had an interest in graphic arts. Uh, he moved to New York in 1929. He wanted to be a book illustrator. And by the, incidentally, he did illustrate his own book of, he never finished it, but he was uh, at work um, on, a, um, on, a, on, a, on a children's book, which has just really nice illustrations uh, accompanying each page. And, and I've seen some of, the, some of the drafts of it, and it, it would have been really interesting that if it had been able to have been published. Anyway, so he, he moved to New York in 1929. He had, I guess he had bad luck because 29, something else happened called the, the Great Depression. The stock market collapsed. He didn't find great success there. In fact, he only secured one commission as an illustrator. And he quipped uh, once, I saw more suicides than art editors. Three years later, his father died and left the, and left the paper to the family. And so he came home to help with the family and uh, moved, moved back home to, to his family home. Uh, and then in 1936, he married a lady named Mabel Graham, who was also a local figure. Her family came from Casey County. But he married Mabel Graham on Valentine's Day in 1936. She was also creative, and I, I'll just throw this out. I think just given the, the years that they were creative, just because of the nature of how the world was, kind of all the attention went to Wallace. And at any era, I don't think Wallace would deserve any less attention. But maybe Mabel Graham Kelly could have gotten a little bit more attention because she was in many ways a partner, a partner of his. And I'll just leave it at that. They operated, they, were, they got very interested early on in photography. They ran a photography studio on the second floor of a building which still stands on the corner of Main and Spalding Avenue, which is now uh, occupied by the Joe Mattingly Law Office. And they operated that for several years. And they had a lot of success with that. And they, a lot of family photos are still floating around Lebanon uh, that, are, that are now considered family treasures. They won some awards with their photography. They, in fact, they won a national award with a photo that they submitted to the Courier-Journal, which went on to win a top award from the Kodak company. And with that money, they were able to spend two months in New York City on their honeymoon. And during that time, they attended the New York Institute of Photography. And they studied portrait photography and that's when they came home to open a studio. I kind of feel like family was always a pull to him, whereas his artistic ambitions may have led him elsewhere. I think that he, um, I don't know if it's obligation or sense of duty or what, but I think he always felt that, that he needed to be at home. And lucky for all of us and for him, he was able to maintain a, a creative life here in Lebanon. So they came home and that's when they, that's when they opened up their photography studio. He was also, very early. Well, let me also let me just go and just give you briefly his educational background. He spent two years at Center College, and after that, he studied at the Cincinnati Art Academy. And some work that he completed there is still around and in a lot of collections. And then he also uh, studied at the New York Institute of Photography. He was, I would say, he was a he was a, a precocious and really creative experimenter with home movies. You could talk a lot about this. It's, it's almost like his, um, his legacy just won't die. Every once in a while, after not getting any attention, something will come along. Somebody will rediscover him, and he'll get a little more attention. I can remember when I was in college, 
uh, in the late 80s, uh, Georgetown College, not where I went to school, but Georgetown College came out with, um, with a literary journal and they used one of Wallace Kelly's prints to grace the, the inaugural cover. And far more recently, he was honored when his daughter, uh, Martha, who lives in Brooklyn, New York at this time, she took some of his old home movies. And these were not home movies like you would think, like people around the Easter table. These were extremely creative, crafted, scripted, designed with a great attention to detail uh, works of art. Um, and she attended an event called Home Movie Night. And people could bring in their home movies. This happened up in New York. Well, he showed, she showed one of his one of his little movies. It's called Our Day, and it was created in 1938. How many people in 1938 had the wherewithal, or the inclination, or the or 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 the sense of style, or whatever you want to call it, to be doing something like this in a little town called Lebanon, Kentucky? But he created one called Our Day, and that's what it is. It shows his family's life at Halcyon Hill back in 1938 and one day. And it shows his mother working in the garden. It shows them all getting up, uh, getting up, going down to breakfast, and then they start about their day. Uh, Oliver goes to the newspaper, um, and uh, Wallace and Mabel go to their photography studio. But it was, but it got, when, when Martha, their daughter, showed this, it just really, it just, it just sent shockwaves, and the Library of Congress caught wind of it. And the Library of Congress and the Department of Archives honored it. And I forget what year it was. I'd say it was about 10 years ago. They chose it. Every year, the National Archives will select some films to be preserved and honored. And Our Day was one of those. It is only the second home movie ever honored by the uh, National Archives. The first one was the Zapruder film. To this day, you can go to the National Archives website and and do a little search for Wallace Kelly, Our Day, and, and you can watch it. They've also preserved, and and you can also watch uh, a couple of his other movies. Uh, one of them was even earlier, I think 1930, Wallace Kelly Goes to New York. And then there's one from 1937 called Our Trip to Yellowstone Park. And they're just, oh, and, and maybe one of my favorites is also from 1938. It's called The Enterprise Goes to Press, and it shows uh, the process of actually getting the newspaper out. And it's, and it's our, you know, it's our enterprise that we still, that we still read, every, you know, every week. It shows the process of, of what they would call putting it to bed and getting it distributed. And, and it's, just, it, it's just a wonderful uh, artifact of life in Lebanon, actually all of these are, of this local family and their lives. And I've even some, seen some of these home movies used prominently on the Smithsonian Channel. I think they have a series called something like America in, America in Color or America in Black and White. I'm not sure which, but anyway, but they show Wallace Kelly's home movies. Uh, and give a little and and talk about him and about his importance and also you know his and Mabel's importance as American artists. And so you know that's just another way that Wallace Kelly's uh, kind of legacy just will just will never die. Uh, every once in a while, some it it gets picked back up. It's it's exciting to know that it's still available to us today. You can read the book. His artwork is in a lot of a lot of collections, a lot of local collections. It's um, the our library here has got some examples on their walls somewhere, 
the Presbyterian Church has got a couple, uh, where, which is the church that he attended, has got some of his artwork on the walls. So he's somebody who, who just deserves, uh, it, he deserves a lot of study and a lot of attention. Uh, some interesting things about his novel, Days Are As Grass, it took him two and a half years to write it. And at his home, he erected this cabin, a rustic cabin in his backyard, and he used that as his writing studio. And I think it was, you know, it's a historical novel based on a town that's very much like Lebanon. It's essentially Lebanon. And I think to get in the mindset of the time and people he was writing about, he built this rustic cabin where he did his writing. The cabin does not exist anymore, unfortunately. But the story is roughly based on the story of a real person here in town. Her name was Flory Hood. You may be familiar with Hood Avenue, right next to um, the old Lebanon Junior High building. Well, her home stood there. And um, she was a woman who, uh, you know, a very prominent individual. Uh, I think she was widowed and lived most of her life by herself. She owned a lot of, she owned all the land going all the way back, uh, Hood at what's now Hood Avenue. And she had little, there were little homes back there that she owned and rented. I've heard that she would go every month, she'd pack a pistol in her purse and walk down the lane to collect rent every month. Pretty, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a very interesting story and I encourage everybody to, everybody to read it. And so that, that gives you, that's a pretty good, I think, I hope, uh, introduction to Wallace Kelly, who's, who's a, a hero to me. I will say, uh, I think I haven't closed him out. He died in 1988. He died here at the local hospital. He had a couple of problems. He had an undiagnosed bleeding stomach ulcer and a heart condition, and the, and the treatment for both of those kind of put you at cross purposes. His death was very unexpected, and at the time he died, he was in the middle of preparations for a one-man show at the Capitol Gallery in Frankfort, Kentucky. And a lot, he had a lot of work in his studio that he was trying to get ready for that show. And unfortunately, they had to, when he was very, very ill at the very end, they had to call and cancel. But you can go to the Capitol Gallery, it's on Lewis Street, downtown in Frankfort, and she still handles what remains of the, the work in his estate. You can go see what, he, see what she has left, and, and you can even buy some of his work and bring it home. I'm grateful that, that I've gotten to know their daughter, Martha, I consider her a friend, and, and she has shared a lot with me information, and she sure did help me a lot with getting ready for this podcast. She's been very, um, I've learned a lot. I still learn a lot about Wallace Kelly, even though I've been interested in him for, for many, many years, and so I'm very grateful to her. And I'm also grateful to you for listening, tuning in. This is James Spragans, and this has been our latest edition of the Heritage Hub podcast. Perhaps this uh, this introduction to Wallace Kelly will just be will be just that, just a, an introduction, and maybe we will uh, bring in a, a guest who might be able to flesh out some of Wallace Kelly, and and uh, we'll talk even more about him. But in the meantime, seek him out, and you'll be glad you did. Thank you very much for tuning in. For additional information about this episode or to check out previous episodes, please go to MarionCountyPublicLibrary.org.